Welcome to Possibly Speaking, a podcast that explores the highest spheres of spiritual thought as they find expression in our lived experience. Here's our host and the Mashpia of the Light Revealed, Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld. Hey, Chebra. So, Be'ezrus Hashem, as we have been and as we will, please God, continue to, we're going to be working off of the times that we find ourselves in. And in this week's Parshios and in the following weeks, we encounter one of my favorite people, one of my favorite tzaddikim, Yitzchak Avinu, Isaac. What's incredible about Isaac, what's incredible about Yitzchak is that there's really nothing funny about him whatsoever. Yitzchak lives a life of severity. He lives a life of concealment, of constriction. He's associated with harshness. He's associated with judgment. All synonyms that represent things that we tend to shy away from because of their seriousness. But at the very same point, in naming Isaac, in naming Yitzhak, and identifying the core trait, the essential trait that is not symptomatic of something, but rather indicative of the very essence of Yitzhak, we find the notion of laughter, we find laughing, we find an expectation towards laughter. V'tizchak liomachar, Yitzhak, the Yud prior to the letters, Tzadichaf and Kuf, Tzadiches and Kuf, imply that it's a future laughter. It's an anticipatory joy, something that we know we're going to laugh about, even though we're not quite laughing yet. And this discrepancy, this paradox at the heart of Yitzhak has, has bothered many to the extent that there are many wonderful interpretations of this paradox at the heart of Yitzchak. But suffice it to say that there's really no answer to satisfy the paradox at the heart of Yitzchak because the paradox is not meant to be answered. For in truth, the experience of Yitzchak, our encounter with Yitzchak and ourselves, our encounter with the world of Yitzchak, of severity, is in truth one that is in and of itself paradoxical. It represents both the recognition of harsh judgment, of difficulty, of concealment, of hiddenness, of stuckness, of an inability to move forward from things that keep us hold, held back, our objects of desire, our objects of addiction. You know, at the very same point, it represents the redemptive turn in which there's a laughter that emerges. Now, when it comes to laughter, the philosophers, as well as the psychologists, had various ways of trying to understand the role that laughter plays in human experience. Because laughter is not simply something that we do, it is representative of, of an essential point that gives birth to an element of culture, comedy, things that are funny, humor. And in describing the theories of humor, there were generally three categorizations. And this is brought down by the Jewish wonderful, wonderful philosopher, Henri Bergson, whose mother was a big supporter of Chabad Hasidus and other tzaddikim. That Henri Bergson, in his essay on the theory of laughter, he summarizes the general theories of laughter into three perspectives. The first one is the superiority theory of laughter. Now, this is a difficult one to grapple with because it's hard to deny, but the superiority theory of laughter implies that we're joyous over the fact that something negative did not take place to us. We're glad that we were free from the embarrassment or the difficulties or the pain that befalls individuals in this world. And while I don't desire other people to struggle, nevertheless, when I encounter someone who's less off or worse off or struggling, as opposed to me, I gain a certain sense of superiority over that person. So watching somebody slip on a banana peel, seeing something absurd happen to another person, laughing at somebody, 
laughing at somebody to belittle them, all of those are rooted in the superiority theory of humor. Now, again, we hope that that's not the essential element of why we laugh, although we have to make room for those difficult origins of expression as well. The second, or perhaps really the first, preceding the, the psychological theory of superiority is really the Freudian, or, or what Freud utilized, another very Halig-Halig Jew, that, that Freud describes the physiological theory of humor. That humor is an expression of excess that is born within the human self, which actually engages with the human body. Because what Freud wanted to do, and perhaps Freud's downfall, was to take a theory of the mind and create a science of the body. Part of the reason was that Freud was trying to impress, you know, um, Asa of Freud was trying to impress the, the physicians of Vienna instead of owning the fact that he had a voice, he had an idea, he had a perception, a call of Yaakov. And, and Freud, Freud gets caught up in this physiological theory of humor, this idea that the body is simply expressing excess in the face of a, a claustrophobia of the self, movement of psycho psychosomatic experiences, there's an expression, something has to happen to give off a little bit of the, of the intensity that's growing. So crying and laughter are ultimately part and parcel of the same thing. They're, they're both the excess expressing itself externally so that there's a catharsis or a relief internally. And then finally, and Bergson doesn't attribute this to anybody in particular, although it's very much rooted in himself, and it is most certainly what I believe and what the tzaddikim show to be the, the, the Torah, so to speak, the, the, the Jewish approach to humor, is the incongruity theory of humor. Now, when it comes to the incongruity theory of humor, the birthplace of humor is when something that is unexpected and thought to be impossible becomes the expected impossible reality. I'm walking upright in a suit, suddenly I find myself on the floor. What I expected was revealed to be the opposite. A piano falls out of the sky, nothing funny about that, but the absurdity of it all, the fact that something unexpected becomes apparent, something that is meant to be hidden is revealed. The unprecedented revolution between expectation and what is actually taking place is the birthplace of laughter because coming face to face with the incongruity and the absurdity of things, the only way for a person to react is by way of laughter. That laughter is a coping mechanism and a way of transforming reality in the sense that when I encounter the instability of things, what I'm also coming encounter with is that things can change at the very slight of a hand. And then my expectations and what I've come to expect from reality are in truth not the essential laws at the core of the ontological realness of my life. What I thought was impossible is not impossible. I thought it was impossible to ever let go of that behavior, that activity, that usage. And in fact, it is possible. Slowly but surely, I show myself that it's possible. And when that which was unexpected becomes that which is taking place and that which was unreal becomes real, suddenly we find ourselves cracking up. Cracking up again is where I create cracks in something that was sturdy previously. There's a wall in front of me. I can't move forward. I can't move backwards. But when I begin to laugh, I crack it up. I break it down into bite-sized manageable pieces. And I reveal that the wall that stands in, in my face is in truth a passageway waiting for me to break through it, to destroy it with the absurdity of laughter, the willingness to laugh at that which is most serious. When it comes to the elements of our lives, of our stuckness, where we find ourselves struggling the most, 
We never want to laugh in a sense of negating the value, of pretending that it doesn't exist. That's a nihilistic laughter. That's the laughter of Nietzsche of Zarathustra, who comes down from the mountain to civilization and laughs and is nihilistic in his Philistine destruction of order and, and human beings attempt to, to find comfort in this world. That's not the laughter we're talking about. That's the laughter of the plishtim. That's the leitzanus that we're trying to run away from. This poking holes in meaning. The laughter that we're talking about is the transformation where we realize that this is so difficult, this is so hard. It's so difficult to really look at that the only way to handle it is to break it up, to crack it up a little bit, to find humor in it, to find levity in it, to float a little bit more, to not be so heavy, to approach our problems with seriousness so intense that we can no longer take it seriously. And as we know, my very dear friend, Rav Menachem Poznanski, who's a, a real, real visionary when it comes to the world of recovery, his favorite concept, and I learned this concept from him in the, in the history of Alcoholics Anonymous and the attempt of laughing at one's problems, the notion is don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. Allow oneself to laugh at themselves. The rule is that as serious as I have to take every aspect of my life, in the end of the day, I have to let go and realize I have no control whatsoever and to laugh like Isaac, to laugh like Yitzchak. And then that laughter emerges the possibility of change. Laughter opens me up. The Balatanya Roshner Zaman of Liadi expresses that joy and, and happiness is an expansion of the self. There's space within the self. There's movement. I'm no longer claustrophobic. There's nothing to express externally. I'm, I'm fine. I'm comfortable inside. I have a manucha. Sadness, constriction is where the measurement is limited, where it's more condensed, where there's no room to move. Now, laughing cracks things up and makes air. I'm breathing a little bit more when I laugh. And that's what Yitzhak Avinu teaches us. Yitzhak Avinu encounters a world that is apparently dark, a life that is apparently severe, born out of impossibility. It's specifically Yitzhak who teaches us to laugh, to make life a little bit lighter, to breathe a little bit deeper, to take our problems seriously, but seriously enough to realize that if I take it too seriously, I'm not going to survive to laugh with ourselves, to allow Hashem to laugh with us, to laugh with Hashem, to laugh at the end of the joke, which hasn't arrived yet, which is that all of our problems are in truth preparations for the next stage of our process, that all we have in front of us is the next right step in front of us. And in that way, we can laugh, laugh, laugh until we fall apart and we build ourselves back up again. Laugh, 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 and we can break down the barriers that seem to conceal us from the light that we so desire in our lives. Laugh, laugh, laugh until the entire world and our entire lives and our homes are filled with laughter. Thank you for joining the Possibly Speaking family. Possibly Speaking is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tehila Nisanian. And our music is by Zushio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org, and feel free to email us and Rev. Joey at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Revealed. Thanks for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed ways.